they call me Dr. Jones, known as the Night Tripper. Got my satchel of grease in my hand. Then we tripping up and back down the bayou. I'm the last of the best, they call me the Greedy Man. Got many clients. Yo, 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 hello, 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 in stereo, motherfucker. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to the Po' Boys Podcast. I'm Jody B, and thank you for listening. So check it out. It's been 22 22 episodes and I think since probably the first five five or six I've been trying to arrange a meeting with the notorious the one and only Hoppy Rogers of Random Ramblings with Rob fame now he started leaving voicemails and up until that point Rob had crowned me the voicemail champ it wasn't an honorable crown. I didn't earn it. I just was the only motherfucker calling his voicemail. And in the middle of this, I'm pretty sure um, I actually secede to Hoppy. And I say, brother, you get the title now. So any and all that matter, it really doesn't matter. But to anybody that cares, Hoppy Rogers will be the new Random Ramblings with Rob voicemail champion. He took out the boss. And he did it with very little effort, might I add. It was it was really bad. He came in and Conor McGregor fucking Eddie Alvarez my ass. He just said, sit down, bitch. And I said, all right, then. <laughs> anyway, um, so the episode today is a little different. Um, I was waiting on Hoppy for a little bit, so I came in the office and was just fucking around. So... The first, I think, like 30 minutes or so, 20, 30 minutes, is me listening to music and just commenting and talking shit. So if you're not into listening to music while you do podcasts, um, you might just skip about halfway through because it's just me playing shit, talking shit, doing what I like to do. But after that, Hoppy shows up, and uh, we have we talk for about an hour, 45 to an hour, I think, and we, we cover all kinds of stuff. We uh, talk about his his upcoming film endeavors uh included but not limited to a film he has called Mother Fronfi Fronfi Mother Fronfi and uh we're waiting to see you know hopefully he can get it into that horror expo that he was talking about and uh you know start stacking his motherfucking money up but anyway I'm not going to talk your head at all you're here for a show and that's what you got uh, my guest is Hobby Rogers. Y'all enjoy this motherfucker right here. He's one of a kind, and uh, I had a good time talking to him. So, you know, sit back, relax, and let the poor boys get all inside your head, all inside your ear holes, baby, and massage your brain with fantasticness. <laughs>
Alright. So it looks like it may just be me tonight. But that's okay. I haven't done one of those in a while. Hello, world. Welcome to the show. We're just sitting around bullshitting. I'm not really sure what we're going to get into tonight. I'm probably going to play some music. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to drink a beer. I have a whiskey and ginger beer, too. So, cocktail and a beer. I might get a guest. It depends if they show up. If not, then fuck it. We'll do this shit solo, then. I like Jimi Hendrix's version too. This one has a little more grit to it. I think I'll go downtown. Like a guy that really just caught his wife banging some dude. I'm gonna buy me a blue steel 44. That's a big gun, you know. Finna go cause some problems at home. Well, I said, hey, Joe. Where you going with that gun in your hand? I wonder how often husbands kill their wives. I'm gonna take that gun, I'm gonna shoot my woman. Yeah. I caught her out messing around. Seems like it would be a lot. I'm gonna take that gun, I'm gonna shoot that woman. I caught her out, she's messing around. Jesus. Shot your woman dead, shot her dead. That is like this, and it ends better. Skip ahead a little bit. Whoa. So he picks it up. Oh, there ain't no hangman. They're gonna put no noose around me. I guess I'll go down south. Jesus. I guess I'll go down to Mexico. I'm gonna go 
Powerful Tim Rose. I say powerful a lot. I know it's some straight up Joe Rogan bullshit, but I don't care. It sounds funny. I like um, some cover songs, some not so much. Hey Joe is a song that's been covered like a hundred fucking times. Like in all seriousness, I think we could probably find twenty if we looked hard enough. Me and Papa Wright like to get into it, and we'll do. Uh, bad cover songs and we'll just try to find the worst versions of songs to play for people and we might do that in an episode that'd be pretty funny (laughs) this guy is tim rose and uh he fucking he was around back in the 60s i think i feel like he's got a couple songs that were kind of the the acid trip psychedelic 60s shit I believe he's got a song or two with like Mama Cass Elliot, shit like that. So it's interesting. I like his uh, his style. This is another song that that's kind of fits it, and uh, I believe it's like a sequel to fucking Hey Joe. We won't listen to the whole thing. We'll just play a little. But it's I like his uh, that gravelly voice, man. It's it's pretty pretty gnarly Lying there, 
in a pool on the kitchen floor. Oh, yeah. She looked at me and she began to smile. Her gasping words. y'all and just in case you were wondering you can look his ass up on youtube um a lot of other songs he's had some controversy because especially with that hey joe he claims that he wrote a version of it back in the 60s along the same time that Jimi hendrix made the other one popular and it's just this whole thing about whose song it is and where it came from you know it's old songs are like that man most of the time people probably just heard them walking down the street or some shit like that and people want to lay claim to it i like his version jimmy's is good too you know it's just two different versions i think seal has one the offspring man (laughs) the offspring one is pretty funny because it's really fast not bad the fucking offspring still out doing their thing I'd pay to go to an offspring concert they had at least seven or eight like like classic 90s hits I think like the kids aren't all right keep them separated hey do it anytime hey come out and play even their later stuff wasn't that bad like pretty fly for a white guy that was alright get a job that was all over the fucking radio my friend you know what fuck that we're gonna go find that now T-Mobile I'm upset with you, you piece of shit. Let me have a conversation with you right now. Why the fuck am I not able to watch my YouTube videos? Are you slowing my shit down? Like, what's happening, T-Mobile? I get that you're cheap, and I appreciate the fact that you gave me a free phone on Black Friday, but it's getting goddamn ridiculous that I can't watch but the first 15 seconds of a YouTube video before the shit freezes up. You claim to have the fastest network, motherfucker. You need to step your game up. Bitch. Throwback jams. There we go. My friend's got a girlfriend and he hates that bitch. Yeah. Whoa, bro. Don't load up on me. 
Then we gotta start over again, you fucking bitch. Alright, try again, please. My friend's got a girlfriend and he hates that bitch. He tells me every day. He says, man, I really gotta lose my chick in the worst kind of way. She sits on her ass, he works his hands through the bone to give her money every payday. But she wants more. from the offspring has a beautiful voice and uh, the song Gone Away is kind of an emotional song and I think it's pretty cool to hear it acoustic because you know you can actually hear him kind of getting down whatever but this right here this is good shit it's the acoustic cup of uh, Gone Away He probably cried. I don't know exactly what it's about. I mean, hypothetically, it was according to the lyrics, I would assume it's about a friend, you know, dying. So you feel that kind of uh, pain and aggression. You want to get it out. There's a lot of emotion in songs, you know. I guess that's half the battle. Uh, I've never been one to know about music because I don't play anything. So I just, sometimes I'll know a catchy tune, but lyrics, that's my shit. I'll study, I'll read, and try to, it just all looks like poetry, I guess. So, you know, sometimes good songs you can just read without music and just know it's a good song. So, this is one of my favorite fucking, yeah, some throwback rock. Y'all remember Polo Mud? 
Yeah. Children, this is some shit that's gonna hurt your head. his was math or pills or what it was but I know it wasn't good <laughs> poor puddle of mud we had a good puddle of mud story I uh after my accident I got a lot of different painkillers Percocet at one point I had a, like a whole fucking bottle that uh I carried around with me wherever I went and uh we went to a concert in downtown Little Rock it was Puddle of Mud, Three Doors Down, and Nickelback. Yeah, but they were still on like the come up. So Puddle of Mud was the opening act, and we had general admission tickets. There was a lot of people because it was like a almost like a festival thing, you know, at the riverfront. And uh, a friend of mine, her brother worked for Harbor Distributing, which is like Miller Lite and shit like that. And uh, we have this thing called the River Market like pavilion it's like a area where they do like a farmer's market on the weekends and shit but it's a big flat you know concrete slab that overlooks the river and also the uh, amphitheater so my friend calls me and says hey we got um tickets to go to the uh concert and my brother can maybe get us into the vip section and i said okay well let's go do that shit so we're downtown, and uh, come to find out, the VIP was full, but her brother did say that the roadie for the band Puddle of Mud was looking for some painkillers, Percocet to be exact, and that if we could procure some, then we could actually get entry to the VIP section. So I had to make a phone call. <laughs> I was downtown. I was already pretty hammered, and uh, I had to have somebody actually go to my house, grab my pills. Actually, we weren't even in a house at that point. I was staying in an RV that this old lady uh, was fucking living in our trailer park at that point. I was staying there and, like, RV sitting, watching. She had cable and air conditioning. Fuck that. That was better than anything else I had going at the time. But I had gotten the phone call there at the fucking RV, and I left my pills there. So I had to have a friend go by, get my pills, bring them downtown. I gave a half a bottle of pills to her brother, who then gave them to the roadie. And we got into the VIP section. There were troughs full of beer. We were, you know, 17, 18 at the time. We were way underage. But we got hammered, and uh, it was a good time, man. I remember when they performed this song because it was another one of those emotional things. Ready? 
was a little mumbly. He's like Nirvana and Pearl Jam. It's post-grunge. It was like our coping mechanism. That's how we got by, man. Fuck you if you don't like Puddle of Mud. screaming and he was going take it all away can you take it all away and then he got to a point where he uh, just fell down on his knees he was singing and he was like take it fucking back he took the microphone and he spiked it off the stage it was glorious and it said blew everybody's eardrums out <laughs> it's fucking stupid man here we go Turpentine and dandelion wine I've turned the corner and I'm doing fine Shooting at the birds on the telephone line Picking them off with this gun of mine Got a fire in my belly and a fire in my head Going higher and higher till I'm dead Sister Sue is short and stout She didn't grow up, she grew out Mama says she's plain but she's just being kind Papa thinks she's pretty, but he's almost blind. Don't let her out much except at night. But I don't care, cause I'm alright. Oh, the sun shines bright on my old Kentucky home. Young folks roll on the Hello? Hello, sir. Jody, you call from the pilot number, homie. I'm calling from Skype, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> let me uh, tell you. Let me I tell you. A quarter of a fifth. What would you call that? A twentieth? A quarter of a fifth? Dude, don't give me fucking fractions. I live in Arkansas. You don't know that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even figure out Skype, so we're both fucked. You figured it out. It's okay. You you got it on your phone, and that's all. Well, no, you didn't. I just fucking called you on your fucking phone number, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's okay. Are you home or are you on the road? No, I'm at home. This is uh, what it is is with Skype, if you get a profile, then you can do person to person calling, right? But apparently they have this shit where you pay $2 and then you can call in the continental United States. So I was like, well, fuck it. I'll just spend the three bucks and then I'll maybe call somebody, somebody else. So instead of you having to do all the work, I said, fuck it. I will spend $2 and I will make this shit happen. The easy way. <laughs> okay. Since okay. you were so nice to spare some of your time, I said, fuck it. 
Buddy, I appreciate you coming to talk to me. You're a hard man to get a hold of. I know you're busy, and this is going to be an experience. Have you done a lot of podcasts? Uh, uh, no, no, I do Robin Slim, and then uh, they don't talk to me no more, though. But I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't. I have no absolute idea why they block me. And don't talk to me no more. I think it's maybe they just can't handle it, man. Where are they from? Where Robin Slim? I've heard of the show. Uh, New Jersey. They up there in New Jersey. But see, the 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 good thing that come out of that is they had uh, Dave Hodge. I don't know how to. Pre- I think it's Hodjewinski's his last name. But uh, uh, he was on the show, and then uh, like we get along great. He's a buddy of mine now. So like he's a stand up comic. He does like the the Taj Mahal a lot and shit. Yeah. You should get him on. He's a fucking awesome guy. But uh, he's gonna play the mob boss in, in the movie. No shit. Yeah, so that's, that's, I met him there, so that was great. And, you know, it's fucked up, because, like, uh, after I did Robin Slim, I got some of my rapper buddies on there, too. And, like, you know, I was trying to make a real good relationship with those guys. Like, I can get you all more talent, and then you all help me promo my movie. Like, because, you know, I potentially could feed them, like, E-40 and Daz Dillinger and Youngbleed and all kinds of, of famous rapper motherfuckers, because oh. I, I know them. Well, I wonder, maybe, I don't know, did you fucking, did you say something off color, Hoppy? Did you blow their minds with your, your wonderful stories? What happened, brother? <laughs> you can listen to it. Just I think I need to Hoppy listen Robin to it. I, mean, I thought we all got along great. Uh, the only thing that I could think is that, uh, and this is me reaching out in left field, so I don't really think this. This is just the only thing I could think. In fact, maybe I got two. Uh, they was all drinking Heineken and stuff, and they ain't got no sponsors. And I went, you know, I made a comment on there or whatever about the Heineken, and and then I got, I I try to get sponsors even for the movie. I've got uh, Buffalo Trace is the only one that's still they're interested. I ain't got their money yet, but they're interested. Yeah. In using their bourbon, uh, kids laughed at me. Uh, Heineken turned me down. Taco vodka that like six dollar fifth. They turned me down, said they ain't got enough money. I'm like, well, you should probably charge seven dollars instead of six. But whatever. Uh, so, you know, I kind of made a con. So maybe they thought like I was trying to smooth in and use their show to get the same sponsorship that they wanted. So I don't know, man. It's petty. And then uh, the other thing is their podcast. They kind of joke on people. Like I've noticed, like they they bring people on to kind of be malicious to them. Oh. And I knew that going. I knew that going in, so it doesn't bother me. And like I'm the type of person, you know, uh, I don't really mind. I, I can take it. You got but, some you know, you make fun of my friends or come, you know, my girl or one of my my best friends. Like you're gonna, it, it's over for you. But I can take it. So I knew going in that they was gonna be, you know, kind of smart and asshole. But at the same token, like once we got to talking, everybody was cool. I don't, you got me, man. Well. I don't know. I don't have any fucking sponsors. Uh, I'm I'm drinking Miller Lite and uh, Crown Royal, so I guess I don't think they're gonna take me. I do like that blue velvety bag though. Maybe maybe I can get them to just send me some bags. That'd be good. <laughs> just keep asking. It's just like bitches, man. It's a lot of averages. You you know. You just reach out. It's like. Yeah, so many guys I know that ain't got no pussy is, is they don't ask girls out. Like, I ask a girl out every day, at least one, every day. Like, I make it a, it's like my medicine. Got to do it. 
Well, that's what it's. The rule is it's ten percent out of a hundred. So you better ask a hundred, you'll get ten. Get your right. ass working. Man, so what, explain to everybody, everybody's like 12 people, so don't get the big head, bro. Uh, Hoppy Rogers, I've heard about you, the the myth of Hoppy Rogers. I don't know a lot. Uh, I only know what I've read and what I've heard from your fucking voicemails on a Rob show. And uh, I think I may have to give you the crown tonight, Hoppy. I, I didn't even really earn it, to be honest. And I think... You've been fucking consistent. Although you did hit a break there, I was going to record a message and just say that I killed you. (laughs) Listen, guys, it's over for Hoppy. I just, I had to drive all the way to Kentucky and it took a minute because I'm stupid and, you know, we got it, but that's all, folks. (laughs) Well, Arkansas is on the other side of the ocean, right? (laughs) It might as well be, man. I don't know. It's pretty similar, I bet. I don't know what uh, what Louisville uh, is uh, is all about. Sorry, is that did I say it right, or is it Louisville? What is the? Bruh, I don't want to get in trouble. Look, look, Louisville's fucking nuts because uh, I guess that's the way I say it because I didn't think about it. But anyway, uh, it's nuts because we got the. I, I live I live in Smoketown. Like I grew up in the suburbs. I didn't grow up poor or nothing but like my mom kicked me out when I was 17 and I had to go to the hood because you can't get a goddamn apartment when you're 17 so anyway I ended up in the hood for a grip and uh you know it's 14th deadly zip code in the United States I mean it's it's nuts like you got a every single year you got a one in nine chance of rape murder or like getting put in the hospital robbed and uh it's nuts it's absolutely nuts but then you can drive 30 minutes and be knee deep in cow shit and fucking uh, doing banjos, uh, motherfucking, uh, what's that movie? Deliver. I'm telling you, dude, it's fucking crazy, Kentucky, because Louisville is gangster. But then, you know, you get out in the country, but everybody says it different because you got, I mean, it, it's a fucking crazy goddamn mix of people. Like, it reminds me of Naples, Florida, because nobody's from Naples, Florida. Florida. You're in Naples, Florida, Oof. not a single goddamn person there. It's from there. Nah. So you got this huge mix of people. So people will say Louisville, 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 Louisville. They say what the right. fuck ever. It, and I want them people like, I don't correct nobody. Like, I, I, I like to think reality is improv. I mean, it's a big play. It's We're all so playing nice. our parts and shit. But like, yeah, yeah. you know, like people like fashion trends and all that. Who fucking cares? Like, go be a fucking weirdo. Like, I wish there was more weirdos. Mm. Well... I think I know a few. We might be in sister states, brother, because uh, it's the same thing here. Little Rock, uh, I don't know where it ranked on the list, but I'm pretty sure it was on there. <laughs> and then you, Yeah, yeah, Little Rock, and especially, like, lately, I, whoa. Yeah, it's gotten rough. Uh, and then 30 minutes away, you can get cow shit, or you can get million-dollar homes, so that's fun. You know, it's, right. it's interesting here. It's You get some really interesting folks. <laughs> I tell you what, on the way home tonight, we were driving past this Mexican restaurant, and they got $2 margaritas. And as we drove by, there was this man who had to be 75 years old. He had a cane, and he was doing the Frankenstein walk through the parking lot. He had pissed his pants. 
his fucking he had he had silver hair and it was like pushed up in the front like he had been waving it back with his hair and as we drove by with my wife i said look at this motherfucker here he had blue jeans on he had pissed all down the inside of his leg i was like he needs a he needs jesus and a nap (laughs) poor kid the other day, how come, listen. How come everybody prays to, to baby Jesus? Like, I like to pray to senior citizen Jesus. Really old? Well, there wasn't really old Jesus. Well, you, but if there's infinite parallel universes, then in one of them, they didn't crucify his ass until he had terminal cancer. Do you think that old Jesus would have gotten terminal cancer? Uh, I have to well, believe he'd be playing for the home team, and he would be like, "Nah, fuck it, <laughs> I don't have cancer anymore." And then, zang. Well, he didn't stop his own crucifixion a while. He stopped his own cancer. That's a good fucking question. You can move rocks and fly into fucking heaven. Why couldn't you just cast down a, a lightning storm and make them not fucking crucify you, bro? I don't know. And then, like, I don't know. We should ask Osiris the same thing. The Bible is very confusing, Hoppy. Yeah. Do you know where the name the Bible come from? No. You're going to tell me, though. Okay. So, like, a lot of people think, like, it's a book dropped from heaven or some shit. They're just ignorant. And I don't mean stupid. They just haven't learned yet. But uh, it's a collection of 66 books, and and a council put them together. So, uh and they left some very interesting ones out that's in the Apocrypha. But anyways, uh, especially the Book of Enoch. Book of Enoch, go read that motherfucker. But anyways, uh, uh, they they had it written. It's like, you know, back in the day, there was no printing presses and shit. So right. like you had scribes. They were handwritten. And so just like the telephone game fucked shit up, like, you know, sometimes when they copied shit, they'd fuck shit up. So, like, the town known to have the best scribes that never fucked up and made typos when they copied books was uh, Byblos in Greece, B-Y-B-L-O-S. And uh, so they weren't even of Christian religion or Jewish religion, either one. They worshipped the Greek gods. So these motherfuckers uh, copied all the, the, the old scriptures and then put their own fucking name on it. Their, of their town, the Bible, because like that, you know, biblioteca in, in Spanish book. So like they were the best bookmakers in the world back in the day in Biblos and Greeks, but they weren't from that religion. And the town was named after a deity, Biblia. So that's pretty. The nice. fucking Bible is named after a, a foreign religion's god. <laughs> oh, by the way, we just slapped some shit on there. <laughs> You're welcome. I mean, you might as well call it the Zeus. It's fucked up. It's all fucking crazy, man. Like, I don't get it. I don't subscribe to any of it. I like to listen to some of it, but I mean, it's just. If there is a God, he's got a sense of humor. I'll say that. (laughs) I'm with you on that. I think it's just something people might need in their life if they have no guidance or uh, never got told how to be a person. (laughs) But uh, most people get that, I think. So. It's your moral compass, you know? It's like you need somebody right. looking over your shoulder to make sure that you're not an asshole most of the time. Mm-hmm. Some people don't and have I'm Jewish ish. <laughs> you, you have Jew? I'm Jewish ish. Like, I, I don't uh, go to synagogue or, uh, you know, have a rabbi or none of that. But, like, I like the idea that there's a God that's kind of unknown, the creator. And, and I'm not sure if it's even a being. It might just be. 
energy. I mean, I, it might be the universe itself when we're living in it, like the millions of bacteria living in our bodies. But uh, and they might all be down there talking about hell's ODB. But uh, that's true. That's true. Uh, this motherfucker, right? For real. <laughs> so who knows? I don't know. Like I'm. That's why I say Jewish is like I don't think it's the the end all be all. And and I think there's many paths up the mountain. And the only motherfucker that's wrong is is the idiot running around the mountain telling everybody their path is wrong. There's a lot of those these days. Oh yeah, man. See, I don't. I think my thing is is I had a close call, man. I I don't know if you've listened to a lot, but I'm, people are tired of hearing it. Uh, I got shot in the head when I was 16. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, man. And uh, I came real close to dying. And uh, I didn't see no lights. I didn't see no fucking tunnels. It was just me holding my face together and walking into a hospital. And a team of doctors putting my shit back together. So it was like, I don't know. After that day, I was just kind of like, well, all right. And now every day people, not every day, but people will say things like, well, there's a plan. And god had his hand on it. and i'm like all right well it hadn't gotten any fucking easier man i still have to go to work every day with my face fucked up and uh you know it's it's weird I'm still looking for the light <laughs> was that a stranger or somebody you knew my cousin wow yeah i do you do you hunt you know anything about guns not really i mean i've shot them yeah you ever shoot like uh, like hunting rifles? It's, most people shoot shotguns and shit. Have you ever shot like hunting rifles, like 30, 30, 30 six? You, you shot that before? Yeah. You ever shot like a three hundred Win Mag or a, a seven millimeter? No. Okay. I got a seven mag in the face from like three feet away. You know. Uh, but going back to what you were saying, <laughs> I think it's both. Man, I think Forrest Gump, the ending of Forrest Gump, this idiot is fucking spot on. Because he's like, Jenny thinks everything happens for a reason. Mama thinks it's all random English. And he was like, I think it's both. I think it's both. And I swear to God, it gives me the chills and makes my hair stand up every time because I think it's just like Jesus and I don't believe in Jesus I'm Jewishish but uh, I think he, that was a retelling of the story of Osiris it's beautiful I don't think there's nothing wrong with it go follow Jesus believe him with all your heart but also believe people who don't believe in him ain't, ain't going to hell just because whatever so anyways uh, just like Jesus it's a beautiful story so uh, real or not but he, you know he did these miracles and then other stuff he didn't interfere with. So why why can't like you know what if life's like that? What if there's certain things that the Godhead or God or the goddess or whoever it is they intervene with, and then other times they let us have our free will and shit's random. And it, you know it's just like people say like motherfuckers are the sum of all their actions and all this shit. Like you who you are right now and where you're at is the sum of every decision you've ever made. I call bullshit. That means that everybody that went through the Holocaust like deserve to die like eat my fucking dick my nuts and my taint juice if, if you believe yeah. that shit but like i think there's certain instances where god has intervened and there's been other instances where it's just chaos 
it's chaos and order coexisting. It's the fucking yin yang. It's the fucking six point star of Judaism. It's the fucking Mason symbol. It's the fucking it's 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 all of it. It's it's all the same fucking shit. Trying to understand this. You know what I believe in? Tell me. Karma. Right. I believe in karma. I believe it's that. Great. Don't fuck with me. I won't fuck with you. I try to do a good thing every day and then hopefully some good shit. I have a positive attitude and I try to send out good vibes. And usually I get good vibes back because for a long time I sent out bad vibes and I got bad vibes. <laughs> so I've tried to really be Mr. F- hey, if your glass is half empty, start drinking out of shot glasses, motherfucker. Like, we got to find a good thing today, <laughs> you know? And uh, it seems to be more productive. I'm not as far as I'd like to be, but I kind of had a hold up in the beginning of the race. But I'm making up ground, you know. It's I'm just getting older. That's the problem. It is for all of us. Right? Well, who was it? Uh, man, fuck, I don't know who said it. I want to say Mark Twain, but it ain't Mark Twain. But somebody said, you, the problem is we think we got time and we don't. Time is of the essence, my brother. So yeah, like, go ahead, Hobby. What the fuck do you do? We talked about your movie. You said it. I know that you're a producer. I know you told me that you did some porn, and I know every time you say the word sleepyhead, I giggle a little. <laughs> Tell these people about yourself, Hoppy Rogers, because I think you're an interesting cat, and that's why I pretty much had to fucking force you damn near at gunpoint this evening, and I appreciate you giving me some of your time, and I hope to talk to you again in the future. But tell these motherfuckers who you are and what you do so that they can get a better understanding of you as a person, Hoppy. Uh, bitch, we going to Hollywood. Uh, we either going to take over or destroy the motherfucker. They're either going to work with us or we're going to... We really not destroy them, but they ain't going to be in the horror game no more. They're going to focus on that love shit and the action movies. Uh, uh... Yeah, I'm. I'm completely. We're going to. We're. We're gonna make it in this horror game, and uh, I don't know, man. Like I've. I've never let a job define me. Like I'm kind of a job hopper. I don't. I've got a very low tolerance for fuckery. Uh, you're not gonna uh, demean me or talk crazy to me. And I'll. I'll quit. Fuck you. Here's your shit. You do the fucking work. So, it could change every week where the fuck I'm making my rent money. But uh, we're doing this horror thing. And before I did the horror thing. I was doing charity videos with rappers uh, that you know. And uh, so I would organize the event with the charity. Uh, It's a win-win-win-win-win for everybody because the charity gets more attention because I'm documenting it and bringing a celebrity. The celebrity gets the good PR. All he's got to do is show up, you know, smile for pictures and and do a day of volunteer work. Uh, It works for me because, you know, I'm getting paid to work with celebrities and do stuff that helps out. But, like, um, I had to quit because there's too many charities out there that are unscrupulous. Like they're they're fucking everybody over and stealing your money. And the biggest one is Metro United Way. Like y'all can lick my fucking asshole, people. But uh, and and even the Salvation Army a couple times turned us down. Like we don't want your help. Like we got this. So like they're they're keeping up appearances to get your fucking money and not help nobody. And and that's why the poor are so fucked right now. Like the the homeless. Like, homeless shelters are diet fucking jail, dude. Like, it's diet jail. It's, yeah. Check your... That's rough, bro. cops. There's bed bugs. I've been there. I was homeless five months over this fucking movie. Like, 
2015, I put all my money into this goddamn movie to get the film done, and then uh, some hardship, something come up where I had to move. Don't really want to tell that story, but I had to move, and uh, I didn't have the money to move. So, so sleeping in the car and then going to a new city, uh, back to working you know, in my hometown, Louisville, and uh, it, you know, trying to get a job and get on your feet and all that. It's it's hard. And then, you know, homeless like homeless people don't have nowhere to take a shower. I mean, that's that's a daily struggle. Like, how are you going to get a job when you stink? You know, stuff like that. Like, and then it's too hot to sleep in your car. You can get arrested for sleeping in your car for vagrancy. You can't have the. It's too hot with the windows. So you know, it's like windows down. Somebody could kill me. Rob me for what little I got. It, it's it's horrible, man. The way that, cause like I feel like there's a lot of rich people out there with good hearts, but like they're too scared to uh, directly help people. Like they don't want that interaction. So like it kind of keeps them a step away to anonymously give to these charities and shit. But like the charities are, are just keeping the fucking money, bro. So like <laughs> the poor people are getting little to no help and. uh but anyways, neither here nor there. And so we got out of that. And then I asked all the dudes that I've got connections with, like, would you support me doing this horror movie? And I wrote the script to this uh, after a girl dumped me. And, uh, I mean, I, I thought I was marrying this bitch, man. Like, it, like I whined like a little bitch when she dumped me. I'm not even going to lie. Like, like <laughs> crying sit, horrible. Sitting around. And side. usually when I, I'm in, go ahead. No, you're good. Go ahead, man. I'm sorry. Usually when I'm in love and, and get dumped like that, like I, I'll go out and bang 20 bitches just to make myself feel better, like a Band-Aid. But like at this point, something in my head was like, don't do that. And uh, I was like, I was like, deal with your fucking emotions for once. And I wrote the script. And uh, I put all my negative angst, all that pain, all that hurt into the script. And it was literally too fucked up. It was too fucked up. So, like, you can hear about it if you go on the Robin Slim podcast. Like, that's, that was before I changed it up to Mother Fronty. You can go hear about that. But uh, it, in my opinion, it was too dark and too fucked up. Because, like, I, I, was in a, I was in the worst place of my fucking life. It was even worse than being homeless, man. I thought this bitch was going to have my babies and marry me for real, for real, after my heart had been broken six other times. Yeah. And uh, so it, it, it was bad. It didn't huh? And uh, <laughs> so... I rewrote the script. I kept some of the characters and some of the elements and all that, but I rewrote the script from, like, a way-too-dark movie. Because uh, I think a filmmaker has a big responsibility, Jody B. Yeah, man. Uh, You're sending out a message. Absolutely. And well, uh, me, I, can, I don't want to do that to my audience. Like, I don't want that attached to my reputation. So uh, I changed it, and it's still going to be a scary movie. It's, you know, I'm not going to let y'all down or nothing, but, like, it's... It's also, it's not going too far. Like, so you can, you know, like Tom Six, the dude, the human centipede, I know him acquaintance-wise. I don't know him friend-wise. Like, I don't hang out and do barbecues with him or nothing. But, like, he, his whole, like, thing is assaulting your mind. So, like, when people watch Human Centipede and say it was fucking absolutely disgusting, like, he dies laughing over that. <laughs> he was supposed to be like, if you look him up on Twitter, his header is, like, Human Centipede is the worst fucking movie ever made. Like, he fucking enjoys that shit. Not the worst movie. It it got people to watch, you know. It's kind of like a car wreck, man. Like you're gonna check it out. Mm-hmm. So what's the name of your movie, Hoppy? Well, uh, I was gonna call it Love Mother Fancy, but uh, just like 
uh, your boy was going to call it the Facebook, and then uh, the other dude that did Napster told him to just change it to Facebook. Uh, I had one of my cinematographers, like, drop the love and just call it Mother Fonty. Mm-hmm. And I agree with him. Like, I'm not a control freak director. Uh, I consider myself the Saturday Night Live of directors. Yeah. I tell all my cast and crew and everybody, like, we can improv some. Um, like, you know, I tell my camera guy, my director of photography, which I'm getting a new one which I'm excited to tell you about here in a minute. But, uh, you know, I'm like, if you think my camera placement's fucked up, let's do another take where you think the camera should be. And, you know, I tell my actors, like, if you think the line's fucked up, change it. If I don't like what you did, I'll tell you to do another take the way I want it. But, like, I want everybody to feel there's freedom to improv. And, like, you know, well, that's there's what no reason about, man. we if can't try it. If you be a fucking actor, then try some shit and see what happens. Do what feels right. Right. Yeah, because, like, I don't want to be... I, I love Alfred Hitchcock's movies, some of them. Some of them are stupid, but some of them he really hit him. But, like, he, he, there were people that would refuse to work with him because he was such a control freak. Like, it was his way or the fucking highway. Like, don't you even change a facial expression, bitch. And uh, I'm not that way. Like, I think we're going to find some extra golden moments from allowing people to have freedom. You know, we're also going to have to take extra takes because there's going to be some shit where I'm like, eh, wrong. Yeah. But, like, being the, having the patience to deal with that, you also get some moments where it's like, fucking, hey, I didn't think of that. I think also, like, being from Kentucky, like you said, with having a range of people to pick from and cast, I bet you got some interesting stories working there with your actresses and actors and directors and, yeah people with some pretty crazy visions <laughs> mm-hmm. now, I wish I could sh- walk you around my horror studio because it's I don't own it it's a buddy it's, you know I talk to people like I, I absolutely value like not like assuming people are under you and all that and like I give the gas station attendant the respect I would clean yeah, yeah, England yeah, and nice shit guy, but like uh, <laughs> this, this liquor store I go to like I just got to talking to the clerk and he's in a metal band and did a horror movie uh, music video. And I'm like, what the fuck? Where'd you shoot that? And he was like, boopity boopity. And he was like, I'll introduce you to the, the building owner. And I'm like, fuck yeah. So now I'm buddies with that guy. And we shop there too. And uh, like, you know, we're helping him get some shit done with it. It's all reciprocal, you know? Like, so like. You're like a community. Uh, it's nice. People helping people make fucked up shit. <laughs> that's crazy man so you said the other one uh movie was too fucked up you cut out a bunch of shit like what do you mean what what kind of horror are you into man are you into like dark depressing eli rothy gore shit or are you into like psychological horror are you blood and guts like what's if you're saying fucked up, I gotta assume it's some of that. Are you cousin fucking pig raping? Like what? What's... No, 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 no. So the first one, I'll go ahead and tell y'all. So the first one, the first one was give called me the I Was Creeped Up. Plot. I'm just saying, and, you know, like what's, I, I have never seen any of your shit, man. What's up? I said I haven't got a chance to see anything, so that's I'm interested. Okay. I'm curious what your angle is. Because I like horror. I've, I've had some pretty fucked up situations in my life that give me I think an opportunity to really have an open mind and see some really gory or some really fucked up uh, premises and just go alright well I see what you did there <laughs> you know that's I appreciate right. horror man it comes from a dark place <laughs> so uh, 
the first one was called I, comma, Zeus Christos. Like, you know, I, Jody B, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, Zeus Christos. So, like, uh, it was the devil narrating the movie, masquerading as Jesus. And uh, she's kind of like telling how his demons worked on Earth. And kind of, you know, doing a tell-all to the audience. Like, even though I tell you everything, you're still going to fall prey to it because I'm the devil. Ha, 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 ha. But uh, he was masquerading as Jesus. And I, I really, you know, I graduated from Bible college. Uh, I've got a degree in sacred literature. But, like, I, <laughs> I really, all right, so C.S. Lewis wrote this book, The Screwtape Letters. And in this book, C.S. Lewis puts himself in the mind of a demon. So, like, he was a hardcore Christian, but for this book, he was like, what if there was a head demon, like, you know, one of Satan's right-hand men training a new demon, like a neophyte demon, like how to, you know, tear people's relationships apart and get wars started and shit like that. So, like, it's called the Screwtape and it's between the neophyte demon who's just become a demon and his boss, Screwtape, one of the, you know, great demons. And, screw, and it's just, it's their, you know, letters back and forth. Like, okay, I got this, this mother and son living together. How the fuck can I get them to, like, want to kill each other? You know, I got these two countries, these two, you know, leaders with big egos. Like, how do I fuck with them? And it's, so it's their correspondence back and forth. And he was like, it was so fucking crazy, like, putting myself in the mind of the demons. Like, how would you cause all this shit to happen? But, like, that's what the book's about. So I was like, what if I did a movie somewhat inspired by that? And by the end of the movie, the audience was convinced that Jesus really is the devil. And like, you know, I've read the Bible cover to cover three times. Like I know that shit backwards and forwards. So I can kind of spin that. But I I was terrified. Like I said again earlier, like filmmakers have a big responsibility. And like, I don't need somebody's grandma, Betty, like really freaking out thinking that Jesus is the devil. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not making that movie, man. I ain't fucking doing it. And so, uh, I reviewed it as a voodoo movie. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Mother Sharfi is evil as fuck. And uh, she takes on an apprentice in Daniel. Who's, he's a kind of a dirt pimp. Got three whores, uh, two women and a tranny. And uh, it, it's kind of like uh, he's looking for something that's not money. And Mother Francie's got it, but is that the right source to get it from? And um, while that's going on, this group of friends is getting hunted by the demons that Mother Francie both works with and sold her soul to to get her voodoo powers. And if you watch the prequel, which I'll send you a link to since you haven't seen it, uh, she sacrificed both her children to the devil to get that magic. And uh, so she's a pretty evil character. Okay. And uh, she so sees, like, she doesn't believe in love. She's never believed in love. She thinks love is, is biochemical bullshit and people using each other. And she sees this couple as really in love. And uh, that might be the turning point of the movie. So she's like a voodoo witch doctor lady. Yeah, she rules the entire underground in her city. Uh, where's it set out of? Is it in... Louisville. Yep. Is and, you know, a big thing? It'd be nice to go Hobby? shoot in a studio in LA, but on my first film, um, especially working with limited resources, I think it's very wise to um, 
utilize local connections so that I, you know, I know I can shoot at this gas station. I've known them people for 20 years. I know I can shoot down here. I know I can, you know, I know this person over here that will let me close this road down and, and shoot this scene. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're doing it homegrown, just trying to mm-hmm. do your thing. And obviously, you're like a you're a starving artist, Hoppy. <laughs> but it's fucked up, Jody B. Because like, listen to me, man. Like, I'm broke right now. I got like two hundred fucking dollars after my bills are paid. Yeah. Uh, but at, on the same token, bro, like, you doing my buddies with Josh Goldberg, the dude that just wrote the new Jigsaw movie, fitting to come out. Uh, we got Jamie Bernadette in our movie. She's the lead actress in the new Hospital on Your Grave, Deja Vu, coming out this summer in, in a couple months. Uh, I'm buddies with Jessica Cameron, who's got like 15 movies. We got Penny Pax in our movie. She was the two-time AVN Actress of the Year, 2013 and 2016. She's the poor star of the year for AVN twice. She's in our movie. Hi. I got Tony DeMille. He was from Tyler Perry's Too Close to Home and Netflix's Bloodline. He's in our movie. I got Young Weed from No Limit Records, used to rap with Tupac and Master P and Snoop Dogg and all them. He's in our movie. Chucky Workclothes from Indianapolis. Uh, raps with E-40 and uh, motherfucking Pusha T, Crooked Eye, uh, Corrupt. Like, motherfucker, we got talent lined up, bro. Yeah. I got uh, half the motherfucking camera crew from the Avengers and Captain America Winter Soldier on my team. Hell uh, yeah. Bro, my director of photography just had uh, a short filming in Cannes Film Festival. So, like, we're loaded. My gun is fucking loaded. The only thing I need is a producer to drop at 30 Gs, and we're off. Yeah, man. It sounds like you're fucking working on this movie, and if it has any reflection on your passion as a as a director and as a uh, a visionary, a motherfucking mogul, a soon to be taking over the world fucking mastermind, then uh, you know, it's coming. I hope you're ready for it. <laughs> Shit. We find Some out people September want the 15th. world, and then it's gonna find out uh, one day you get the world. I hope you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> September fifteenth, Screen Fest, uh, Beverly Hills, out there right next to Hollywood. It's it's the the, the number. It's the Sundance of horror movies. Yeah, film festival. Uh, September fifteenth, they tell us where we're, if we're getting on the big screen or not. So. Uh, it's really hard to even get in consideration. They reject fucking a million tapes. We got, uh, we're in consideration. And then September 15th, all those quote unquote in consideration get to know whether or not they're shown on the big screen out there at the Chinese theaters in Beverly Hills. And I know when I heard Chinese theaters, I'm like, Oh Lord, there's going to be like chicken cages in the motherfucking theater. (laughs) But, uh, it's not, I mean, it's, it's swanky. It's Beverly Hills for real. So like, I've never even been to Cali yet. I've been to like 37 States or something like that, but, uh, I've never been to Cali yet. So like, you know, my first real short film, if if it makes that, bruh, to be able to go there, like, that's life-changing shit. You're just going to roll in there like a fucking hurricane, huh? You like, uh, uh, I'm going to go out there fucking crazy. I mean, please, you know me, bro. Like, listen, listen. I'm not white society. I'm going to go out there and shake that shit up. Get a chinchilla coat and get a big-ass diamond necklace with a bunny on it, please. No shirt underneath, just nipples out, nipples out, fucking chinchilla coat with a fucking iced out bunny just right there, right between your nipples. 
It's just fucking piece of chain swinging, bro. Yeah. And then just start giving motherfuckers nuggies on the way in. Just put them in a headlock and go, what's up, motherfucker? I told you we'd be uh, here and snap them. Because <laughs> you'll be sweet, but you'll be laying down your fucking authority at the same time. Just handing out nuggies and fucking cotton candy. Like, what's up, bitch? That's genius. That's genius. Man. It's crazy. Fucking. I, so, you were talking about the homeless stuff. Is that like a a big thing because I know that a lot of charities are fucked up so it's like do you do a lot of stuff for homeless shelters or you have you considered doing you know charity work for that is that what you were doing with your your charity work fuck homeless shelters mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. 9 out of 10 homeless shelters are only there to push those uh, quote unquote undesirable people away from the rich people trying to have a downtown experience and fuck y'all like, seriously, fuck homeless shelters. I never stayed in one one night the whole time I was homeless. Not once. Homeless and is I'm an interesting not. point of there's view. There's cops in there, there's bed bugs in there, there's staph infection in the fucking cops. They feed these motherfuckers donuts, Jody B, it's and shit, gross, just garbage yeah. food. Like, yeah, yeah. like, I mean, how about yeah. some fucking good protein with some sardines and some broccoli? I mean, that's not expensive. Nah. So, yeah, uh, motherfucking anyway, you like, get... Uh, dry ass and some tang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I helped them directly. Here's so some like, diabetes in a cup, and have a nice day, bro. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Harbor Freight. Harbor Freight has tarps for two ninety nine. They're like six feet by ten feet. Uh, that's a big shelter is a big problem. When it rains, it's horrible to sleep. So like, and then they don't have. Well, they don't have transportation to the hardware store, nor do they have money really for that. So, anyways, I'll get them some, some cheap cordage and tarps, and I go distribute those. I know where they live in Louisville, like where their kind of little camps are and stuff like that. So, like, I like to take them tarps, cordage. I like to make them little kits with uh, clean underwear, water, food for, like, three days, yeah. toilet paper. There's shit that people don't think about. And then, like, with the like... They need tampons and maxi pads. Like that. Can you imagine trying to get a job and you're homeless and a woman and you're on your period and don't have a tampon? Like, and you don't have clean underwear. You know what I'm saying? Like, people don't think about this shit. It is pretty nuts. I think I've either heard another podcast talk about that, but there, you know, uh, organizations that work to uh, help give tampons and pads to homeless women. That's mm-hmm. a shitty situation, man. It's weird because homeless, I've, I, I have a weird angle on shit, and it's like homeless people are the only people you can still call bums nowadays. That's kind of fucked, you know. People you can still be really shitty to for no reason, and uh, it's weird because there's a big difference between being a homeless and being a bum. Like, I've been homeless three or four times in my fucking life like you said having to sleep in a car or uh you know fucking not knowing where you're gonna lay your head that night bro you might sleep in this fucking field in this ditch get your pillow mm-hmm. and being a bum is just asking for shit you know what i'm saying like i think that's part of the problem is bums 
make a really bad appearance for people that really are down on their luck. Those are the motherfuckers that drive cars and then go stand on the corner with the goddamn signs and pick up that two, three hundred dollars cash. You know what I'm saying? And then that's the shit you see on the news. Those are the motherfuckers that are making a bad, you know, situation for anybody's attitude towards homeless people. And I think it's really fucked up. It's like, I don't give money to homeless people a lot. Not the ones holding signs. You know what I'm saying? I bought some cheeseburgers here or there just to hand out. Like, if you really homeless, motherfucker, take a cheeseburger. You want a fucking cup of coffee? I got you. (laughs) It's just... I don't understand it. These motherfuckers nowadays are so, they're just sneaky, you know, they're just, I don't don't give money to people that have shoes on, number one. (laughs) You got nice shoes, fuck yourself. (laughs) If you got arms and legs and you're under 40, you can go get a fucking job. Stop holding your sign. (laughs) I can't stand that shit, man. Yep. Like, you know, there's a guy uh, here in downtown Louisville that uh you know all day long he's down there leaped up on a chair with a walker and then uh five six o'clock hits he's carrying the walker on his shoulder walking to his car it's pretty gross i've always said if i was homeless here's another one i don't trust a homeless person with a dog that doesn't say <laughs> you see a motherfucker with a dog that ain't got its ribs showing, you're like, all right, hold on, bro. I can't really trust all your decisions as a person. You got a dog that's eating better than you. Like, let me tell you something. If I had a dog, I would probably have the dog to eat just in case I didn't make fucking money that day. And I would just nibble off one of them legs. My motherfucking dog would be sitting on the corner with two legs. Because they only need two to stand up. Fuck it. He had one front leg and one back leg. And I would have my little sign and I would write on it. If you don't give me money, I'm going to eat the rest of this dog. <laughs> Bro, you should do that and film it and see what kind of responses you get. And go set up somewhere where there's a bunch of rich, snobby women. My sad-ass dog would be sitting there on two legs. Just one front leg and one back leg. Trying to stand <laughs> up. And I would just be sitting there holding a sign that said, I'm going to eat the rest of this dog. That's if that's all around the shelter. I'd be like, y'all got a two-legged dog in that motherfucker. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck. Man. Well, dude. Uh, I had a cat, though, and if one of my buddies hadn't taken my cat while I was homeless, that poor cat would have died. But if she's in here staring at me right now. I think if you um, are down on your luck and you find, like, a bum little kitty or something like that, that's one thing. But these people, you know there's people that are doing it, man. They're just making a living out of asking for money. And they're, they got their dog and their little gas can and their fucking cardboard sign. It's disturbing. It is. I mean, you know, but it's just like uh, all the motherfucking police stealing everybody's paycheck money saying it's drug money. I mean, them fucking seizures and them property seizures is crazy. And then old uh, motherfucking Jeff Sessions just made that shit legal widespread again without no checks and balances. So, uh, you know, basically you get your $1,000 paycheck and cash it. They can pull you over for doing four miles over the speed limit search your car, search your wallet, say, oh, I think this is drug money, and take it, and not even charge you with nothing. 
I bet that happens a lot in Kentucky because you guys got one of the worst laws for marijuana. It's you in Oklahoma. Y'all have the worst marijuana law. What are you talking about? You're crazy. No, 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 no. Nope. That's false. Uh, here in Kentucky, we don't go to Indiana. So Louisville's right on the Ohio River. Right on the other side is Indiana. Let me tell you something, bro. You can have up to a half pound in Kentucky before it's a felony. So they don't even take you to jail. So you can have seven motherfucking ounces, and they just write you a ticket. And it's going to be like $150 and uh, some court Damn, costs. They it ain't changed. It, nah, it used to be like, really bad. Huh? It used to be really bad. They must have changed it, shit. No, 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 no. No, I'm serious. It's always been good here. And uh, But if you, if you cross the bridge 10 miles from my house into Indiana, I got a homie that did six months on a half ounce. He did six months in county jail for a half hour. In Kentucky, that would be a misdemeanor. You would get a ticket and get sent home. Yeah. And then you're gonna pay your three, you know, two hundred something dollars, and you're done. But uh, Indiana, Texas, and Florida—that's my no-go places. I do not go those three states. Yeah. You know what they say about Florida? You go on vacation. Leave on. You probation. leave on probation. <laughs> you come back on revocation. <laughs> Extradited motherfucker. Oh, shit. Well, hey, man, I just found out my kid had a bath, and I'm finna go have to lay his ass down, or I'm about to beat him with a stick, one or the other. <laughs> so, you go do your thing, my man. I will. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Hoppy Rogers, and I'd love to have you back. Any of your friends, you need somebody to sit and talk with this old asshole, this backwoods porch-sitting motherfucker from Arkansas with his half-his-face shot off, nine-fingered ass. I love to talk to anybody, so pass them along, brother. You have a good night, man. Have a, uh, uh, a good uh, tuck in and a good sleep at the wife. I will, brother. Take it easy. Say hello to good night. head for me. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. All right, y'all. So that was the talk with Hoppy Rogers. What an interesting dude, right? I, uh,. I'm glad he finally got to make it, man. I spent a long time trying to get a hold of him, and I guess that's really what this is all about. It's just trying to, you ask people to be on, and then you fucking wait. And then hopefully they make it, and everything turns out all right. So, it is funny, man. We were talking there about homeless people, and uh, I think a lot of like legit homeless people that are down on their luck get a bad rap because of motherfuckers that take advantage. And uh, that shit ain't cool, man. I feel the same way about a person who's not homeless taking money as I do about a person that does the stolen valor where they fucking wear military uniforms and get discounts for shit when they weren't really in the military. That shit is irritating. Now, I'm not a soldier, so I can only imagine how those people feel. Uh, it's not cool, man. And there's so much other shit going on in the world today. Like, that one doesn't even need to be on the radar. Like, how dare you? You better get up off your ass, you punk motherfucker. Sitting around on the corner asking people for money. Get the fuck out of my face. Hmm. You got an awful lot of goddamn nerve to know that I get up every fucking day at six. Six flat. And I work till six. Twelve hours, motherfucker. I spend out to take care of my family. That's time I'm missing with my wife. That's time I miss away from my child. 
And you have the balls to sit there and beg for money? Go fuck yourself. Whew. Getting daddy all riled up. I can't stand it, man. We are living in the motherfucking jungle. And the thing is, I'm fully capable of living in the jungle. Make no mistake about it. It's the rest of you soft-ass motherfuckers that ain't gonna make it. You know exactly who I'm talking about. It's not one particular race. It's not one particular ethnicity. It's not one particular kind of person. It's just, overall, everybody's gotten a little soft. I've softened. You know what I'm saying? Like, I throw some water on me, motherfucker. I'm a little softer. But you ain't got to scrape back but maybe a layer of that. And you'll find that rock. <laughs> I promise. And anybody else that's been through that kind of a struggle, growing up, wondering where your next fucking meal's coming from, and trying to make fucking chicken salad out of chicken shit of a family, you learn a lot of things. You learn how to read people. And you learn that life ain't fucking fair, man. And nobody owes you a goddamn thing. And if you don't fucking get out there and put your mind back to it, you're just going to sit right there where the fuck you're at and watch the world go by. And if that's what you want to do, then fine. But don't fucking drag me down with you. I ain't got time for that shit, man. I love my life, and I'm going to do everything I can to make the best out of it. So, <laughs> here I'm getting all fucking serious. You guys ever figure out life lessons the hard way? I found out one at Disney World once as a, as a child. See, we didn't have a lot of money growing up, so we didn't go a lot of places. But after my grandfather came in, he got that military money. And uh, it afforded us a few different luxuries. And one of which was uh, my grandma decided we were going to go to Orlando, Florida. Because he had never been. And so we drove from Little Rock to Orlando. Me and the cousin that shot me rode down the in the back of a pickup truck with a camper shell on it stuffed full of shit. And we stayed down there for a couple weeks. At the end of the trip, we fucking hated each other. It was crazy, man. We camped the whole time, eating out of a cooler. I mean, we did it on a low budget. But this was back when Disney World didn't cost a whole fucking arm or a leg to get in the gate. And uh, I'll never forget it, man. I found out the hard way. It had been a week. We'd all been together, literally in confined quarters, no private time, no nothing. Now, there was no cell phones then, really, either. So, we're talking, this is just staring at each other. And one night, we're in Disney World, and I decided I was going to have myself some private time. So, I go from the campsite over to the shower quarters, and I'm in the shower stall, and I decide I'm going to go ahead on and maybe try to rub on his dick. Now, at the time, I wasn't a big component of spit, and I would use... Oh, that didn't sound good. God damn it. Hold, please. So the moral of the story is kids are assholes. And they like to break shit for no reason. And they just sit around and beat shit with shit. So for all you parents out there, just know they're going to break your shit. But that's cool. Whatever. You can get more shit. You can get more kids, too, I guess. Ah. Anyway. Where was I? Oh yeah, jerking off at Disney World. So I get in there, and up until that point, I think I'd always used hair gel, because it was easy to get a hold of, like a big fucking bottle for like a dollar. 
this fucking kid. Anyway, um, yeah, didn't have the gel. Didn't want to use shampoo because that would burn your dick hole. So I decided to use toothpaste. I could have used just Crest or Colgate, whatever generic toothpaste we would have had at the time. Nope, not the kid. Got to go for the fucking record. Cool Mint Listerine Toothpaste. What's funny about that is it doesn't burn right away. You got to get a solid 15, 20 strokes into that. Y'all, my dick felt like Mr. Freeze kicked me square in the junk for like a day and a half. I, I can't imagine. Like It wasn't like icy hot because there wasn't really any hot. It was just cold. Cold, cold, cold. Like an abominable snowman was just blowing on your nuts and dick. Just... Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. Anyway, I got to get out of here, guys. I uh, got to get in here and we can have some time with this kid. Hopefully keep him in a good mood. We've all been sick, so fuck it. We'll get better. I appreciate you listening. Uh, be sure to check out Hoppy Rogers on Twitter. It's Hoppy Raj, I believe. H-O-P-P-Y-R-O-G. Um, I'll try to post some links. You know, hopefully he's got some other projects he's working on. But Mother Fronfi is the one that he speaks of in here. And I'll let you motherfuckers know if anything works out with that. Y'all have a good weekend. Congratulations. You made it through another rousing episode of the Poor Boys Podcast. And we'll catch y'all back here. Same time, same place. I'm Jody B. Y'all have a good fucking weekend. i
the one who tell it. I wanna go to heaven or to that promised land. I need another chance. I wanna meet that man. One in my motivator. My mom money maker. No, I don't see you haters. So let go get the paper. Yeah. Surprise, niggas. Hey, we behind that nigga. Everybody tell me they get money. Y'all niggas ain't get no motherfucking money, nigga. I got millions, nigga, and I'm still broke, nigga, cause it ain't no motherfucking money. It ain't no shit. Y'all playing right to these motherfuckers' hands. Risking life every day for some bullshit. Huh, nigga? What your bank account say, nigga? Oh, that's all? They shipping bars out, they fighting in Iraq. These soldiers in that water, they never gonna make it back. Nigga, this the battlefield, fake niggas, quit keep it real. Yeah, yeah, rock still, little thing to pay them bills. Hey, nigga, time's harder, hey, so we cry harder. We taking chances with that cocaine, come across that border. Trying to make it out, the ghetto life ain't gotta be this way. Them pigs, they came and kicked my mama doing yesterday. I prayed a thousand nights, I did a hundred. And now I'm begging Lord that you don't let me down this time. Money my motivator, my mama 